Welcome, everyone, to episode nine of the Gamify Everything podcast, brought to you by Gamify, the IDEO platform for metaverse, blockchain gaming, esports, anything gamified. I'm your host, Marcus Howard, and today we are joined by Tim Rayner. Welcome to the show, Tim. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you, man. Uh, you've, you've been in this space a long time. We've got plenty to cover. Uh, mm-hmm. People who are are from the esports space know you well. Obviously, people in the crypto space know you well. We, we've got some folks who are joining us in Discord and in LinkedIn who may not know of you. So, can you bring everyone up to speed about who you are, where you're, where you're from, what you're about? Okay, so I'm currently the technical consultant on the Gamify.gg um, in, in the country, um, helping out with the technical aspects, smart contracts, NFTs, things like that, and just supporting Laura. Um, where I'm from, Wales, United Kingdom, with a strong Welsh accent, and um, currently living in Spain. That's really it. I don't like to pamper it up, do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and you've been in Spain now how long? Um, back here for about six months. Okay. Maybe longer. And before you got into crypto, or you, we were just talking earlier before the show that you, you've been in crypto yeah. for a while. You got back into crypto, uh, you know, more directly. Can you talk about like when you first got into crypto and, and then the stuff you did in the esports side? Yeah. Um, so cryptocurrency about six years, I think, 2015. Uh, dropshipping company. I'm trying to find a way to make things cheaper to do, you know, cross border payments. Because everything was Western Union back then, or PayPal, where they had limits and they'd lock your account and things like that. But you're obviously doing a dropshipping company, paying, making payments to China. They didn't have access back then. Um, I think Alipay is the one now that people use, you know. But yeah, because of Western Western Union um, and the fees and the transfer fees from the banks, looking for an alternative way, and crypto popped up. And then sort of, yeah, the rest is history, and here we are today. Um, but... Yeah, before that, I worked with apps. I worked in a brokerage. Um, I've worked in the events industry. I've worked in sales, various things, you know. At one point, I had the second most downloaded mobile app and directory, sort of like a Yelp before Yelp was invented um, mm-hmm. in Spain. So that was kind of cool. And I floated about on different things, things I enjoy and keep me excited to um, you know, get up in the morning. So that's it, really, man. That, that, that's awesome. I, I've i seen what you're talking about with the payments and the processing fees, and I'm dealing with that now with PayPal. So I, I can appreciate what you were trying to do to create both like the cross-border payments and then also like trying to, to, to get keep more of your money and, and own yeah. more of your money. Yeah. So it, it was not so much of a business or anything back then. It was just trying to do it for myself to cut costs mm-hmm. though. In. And then I sort of got more into the space, got involved with um, buying into the cryptocurrency and the tokens. And um, yeah, I think after about a year and a half, two years into it, I decided to apply for a few crypto jobs. Um, there was one called Acon Collective. They were back in Bristol in the United Kingdom. They tried doing like a crowdfunder Kickstarter type platform. Pomp was on it. Um, and they raised quite a bit of money. They weren't successful. And at the same time, I went through my own fundraising for an e-commerce peer-to-peer platform with an escrow. It was actually one of the first out there after Silk Row and things like that, obviously, um, called Blockscart. You know, it was before all these OpenSea and wearables and things like that. So 
you know, it, but to be honest, e-commerce using your cryptocurrency for e-commerce back then wasn't a thing. So it sort of failed, learned from our mistakes, understood the industry, what works, what doesn't, and sort of, yeah. That's it really, mate. You mentioned the Kickstarter. Uh, we were just talking about that earlier as well. You know, Kickstarter was yeah. trying to get into crypto, which which brings us to Gamify. How do you find out about Gamify? When, when did you connect with Laura? Talk about that. No, Laura, quite a while through obviously your know, connections, um, a lot of the bit and things like this, and and launch pool because launch pool supported. Um, I was I was just employed as a CEO of Poker Cipher um, by Akil, the current CEO now, and um, launch pool supported the AME for Poker Cipher. So sort of got in involved with a few of the people there, understood they were on the same wavelength, same journey, and um, yeah, we discussed about doing a, a gaming focused platform that involved nft access um, being able to help indie devs and things get involved get funded more like a kickstart obviously tokenization side behind it but an easier way of access i don't know if you remember in 2019 um, i tried doing a streaming platform called gamer one and while everyone was trying to offer me millions in investment for a cryptocurrency i thought i wasn't going to tokenize it so I tried the traditional investment, and it was really difficult, really, really difficult. Um, but if I had decided to go down the route to tokenization game, if I would be the type of platform to help make my you know, product come to market and things like that and get the funding needed to, to push it further. So it's, a, it's the gamification behind everything. So it doesn't necessarily need to be games. As long as you have gamification to it and incentive-driven, it's something that Gamify can look at and see if the community will support it and, and fund it and things, you know. So. It's important to have that because, you know, I think indie devs still generally struggle to get funding, right? Getting publishers to sign on is still kind of um, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing that Gamify are looking and on the hunt for right now are developers not just gaming developers, but Solidity, de- Solidity developers. Um, there's a lot of people out there that have got experience in Solidity making a smart contract. Like myself, I can go on there and make a smart contract. But the ones that truly understand it, you know, things like you know, bridges and you know, layers and moving on to layer two and stuff, you know, Gamify are looking for these um, you know, developers right now. So if you know anyone or anyone's listening that's got the experience and they think they want to you know, step in, tap up um, Gamify and see if we can get them in. So do you know if, if Gamify is offering internships or are you just looking for more full-time roles? I don't know if, if even if colleges are even preparing students for the future of this type of work. I don't know, but it's worth that, that discussion, you know, because gaming and blockchain is starting to really tie into one another, you know, um, as we discuss the metaverse. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's worth asking. I, I don't know. It depends on the experience they're looking for. There are some interns, they want to do something just for their three-month um, you know, paper, and then they decide to go off. But even if it's three months to understand how the industry works and learning the blockchain and things in the background, how the operations work, it could be beneficial. So pop on over. Yeah. You and I mentioned earlier as well, or you mentioned to me earlier, that, that you don't believe that like central land is is a metaverse or it could be a metaverse it's not the metaverse you think that there's a bigger picture there can you talk about that um yeah so <laughs> i remember meeting the central land team when they were trying to raise an investment i think we we're in london 2017 ico days um in the excel center or 2018 one of them 
and they were trying to get me to invest at the time. But um, you know, I, I understood their plan back then. <clears throat> and I think with with the central and the sandbox, <clears throat> excuse me, they're not metaverses. It's not the metaverse, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, they're virtual worlds with a decentralized economy, but you don't want a walled garden economy. So unless they start making things interoperable and cross-compatible, then they're just another game like Fortnite with their own V-Bucks. Nothing, not to bash them. I think they're fantastic. I love them. Get yeah. behind them. I love what they're doing. They're bringing more people into the industry. They're bringing celebrities, a lot more people endorsing the cryptocurrency. And these type of things are needed, whether they succeed or fail, because the more public you know, eyes are on blockchain and crypto and NFTs, the more mainstream it becomes. And with the more, you know, it being mainstream, a lot more regulators start looking at it and think, things they can do to protect investors and the everyday person, you know, everyday people. Um, because there are very clever people out there that know how to scam people and trick people. So, um, yeah. Going off on a tangent, they're not metaverses. They're not a metaverse. They're virtual lands with its centralized economy. So they will not be metaverses either. They will be virtual lands that work within what we would call a metaverse, which is sort of different stacks of technologies that work together in one to sort of turn the way we look at the internet now into a more seamless, persistent online simulation type of thing, you know. So this goes for AR, VR, XR, everything. So, so you, you mentioned Fortnite, and, and obviously it's one of the most popular, we'll call it a metaverse, metaverses that are in It's my favorite today. game. It's my favorite game. Me and the missus play Fortnite nearly every night against each other. She lives an hour really? halfway. Yeah, every night. Every night. I've had, yeah, I love Fortnite. Uh, yeah. It doesn't matter if you're a five-year-old or a 50-year-old. Fortnite is a good game. It's got that sort of, cartoony style to it, but it's got that Call of Duty style to it as well, where it's not too complicated like Call of Duty mm-hmm. or CSGO, but you can still get involved in it and, you know, experience versus experience and things. But it's a good laugh. It's a good laugh. And recently they brought in Spider-Man, so I enjoy swinging across the map with the Spider-Man and the new slide edition jumping in. It's all fun in my spare time. So you think those extra features are, are, are additive? You don't feel like it's it's kind of diluting the core gameplay experience. I, I haven't played Fortnite since season one, so I, I'm probably not even up to speed. I, I've seen the trailers, but you know, you're into it yeah. now. Oh, Fortnite's great. Yeah. Even if I could never get those skins in real life as an NFT, I'll still buy them just to have a bit of laugh, just to, just to have a laugh, just to have a bit of fun. I enjoy it. Um, sometimes you don't have to own something to enjoy something. And that's mm-hmm. what people in the NFT industry need to understand. You know, you know, like a base you go and buy a base but you don't own the IP rights or something to advertise it. You still own one, and it's something that does something for you. I don't know what, but it does. So, yeah. What do you think the reaction would be to gamers in Fortnite if they decided to turn it or start calling it a metaverse and, and introduce NFTs to the, the digital items? Mm. If you could own a limited drop of skins, that would be compatible with maybe other games or there was a ton, you know, there was an item behind it that you would receive upon purchasing one of these NFTs. I think Fortnite to do well. They're already, you know, Unreal Engine, which is powering the majority, Unreal or Unity, which yeah. are powering the majority of these virtual spaces that everybody calls the metaverse. Um, Unreal Engine, I think, is the highest in this class over Unity. Unity is more of an entry. It's like Canvas to Photoshop, I think. Canvas to Photoshop. 
Um, but yeah, I think Fortnite has the ability, the back end and Unreal Engine, everything you know, with Epic behind it to become the dominant force in this this industry. However, will they let go of the the money in the walled garden? That's all. Yeah, they've, they've done music experiences, right? You know, multiple yeah, concerts yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I jumped in. There was one the other day where it was Tones and I. I. I don't really like that band, but I jumped in it just for the experience, sort of fly around and collect these coins and things. And for me, that was that was sort of fun. Apart from the music, I didn't like the band again, but um, yeah, it was it was good. I think they have the ability to do what people are thinking a metaverse is right now, um, a virtual world, expansive. But, um, as long as it's interoperable, because if it's in, not interoperable, again, it's just a virtual space. It needs to work with other technologies to become what people are classing as Web3 or the metaverse, where you can take your ownership or your data from one platform and take it over to another and it'll still work on that. You know? What do you think about that approach, like the NBA Top Shot approach? You, you mentioned earlier that you, know, you bought your first Top Shot and you pay your debit card. Or you, you bought it with your debit yeah. card. Obviously, they've got the Flow, Flow Network or protocol behind it. I'm going to be honest, I've looked at nearly every blockchain that's out there, but Flow is one I've not bothered looking at. I don't know why. Uh, it just didn't appeal to me as a Welsh man in basketball. It's not something I was, you know, it is what it is. I did go on there just to get one of the first dibs on a card, but then there seemed to be millions of them. I think I paid like $30 or $20 for one using my debit card. Didn't connect a wallet, so I don't know how it's an NFT. But um, like you said, I didn't realize until half hour ago that the actual video that or the clip that's in the NFT, if it is an NFT, is owned by you. You mean something about you've got viewership rights to it or something? Right. right. I, I believe the I, NBA actually owns the rights to the, the media still. Right. Okay. I know you've got baseball cards and things in, in the US of new that are worth mm-hmm. a lot of money, Babe Ruth's and things like these. I, I, I don't know. But um, I see how they become valuable because, you know, that clip isn't stored on a server somewhere. I mean, that card is a card. And once that card is folded, burnt, ripped, it's it's gone. Do you mean? And if it's a mint condition card in a plastic frame, like a Pokemon card, you know, you see, I think they have value because they're limited. Whether it's, you know, where they can be reprinted in some way, it's not the original. Do you mean? So, yeah. I, I don't know about Top Shots. It's not for me. Yeah. So taking that, that philosophy over back to Fortnite, and, and yeah. you've seen kind of the backlash that gamers have had against people saying they're going to do stuff around NFT and gaming. Um, what what if they, instead of saying we, we now have these NFTs, they just start to introduce the benefits of blockchain and NFTs. So like you said, like interoperability. Don't even mention that it's an NFT. Just like introduce the functionality. Yeah, but I guess if you want the ownership, you've got to create a wallet. And if your wallet is something that you've got to log into a central server to be able to then add your wallet, that becomes a gate, you know, a blocker to it. If it's something like where you've got MetaMask and you connect your MetaMask or your Phantom wallet on Solana directly to the game, and that's the only information they have is your wallet address on you, you can then create your profile, but it's all stored to your to your wallet. I think that will work, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. We'll see what happens in the next couple of years. We're years away from this stuff being you know out there. I mean, in the last five or six months, I've been building virtual worlds with Unreal Engine developers, so top top Solana devs from Sol, uh, the Sol community, and um, it's taken a lot longer than we expected. But you know, we're going for quality over you know, just throwing out there. But yeah, it's difficult. Yeah. 
And kudos to you and team for doing that. I think so much of what we see right now is still very early days and, and almost intentionally juvenile. People just trying, like you said earlier, you know, it's it's definitely a trending topic. It's, it's one of those strike while the iron is hot. But I think because yeah. of it, we're seeing more quantity over quality. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things getting thrown up there, mate. Let's see what will stick. We, we've got... Uh, Several people joining in from LinkedIn. We've got several people here in the Discord stage. So if anyone has any questions they'd like to ask for Tim, Tim will answer those live. If you join us in the Discord room, you could actually get on the stage. If not, certainly, uh, you know, if you have any questions, type them in the chat. He and I can both see the questions and we'll get those answered for you. Nobody's turned up. Well, we, Brent, thank you for joining us. Uh, if you, you're also there on LinkedIn, again, if you type in the comments, we can see that. So we'll, we'll answer those uh, and bring people to the stage as they come through. So Tim, Tim, you, you're doing um, the consulting work here with Gamify, um, and, and you're learning a lot more about this space on the gaming side. What, what do you see as, as major opportunities in the space in 2022? For Gamify or for just people in general? First with Gamify and with people in general. I know that Gamify is bringing a lot more, uh, we talk about having more substance. Yeah. And and I think the NFTs that they're getting ready to launch is a perfect example for that because yeah, it's, yeah. it's not just a JPEG. You know, they've got, they're, they're animated. Tell me your, your take <clears> on that. Well, you know, what Laura and the development team have done have come up with access cards, access NFTs, do you mean? Um, and it's sort of different rather than just having the pictures while well, it actually has a utility as an NFT where you can actually, if you own one of the NFTs, if you, if you know what an IDO pad is or a launch pad, it means that you can have swift access into the IDO without having to stake and things like that. There's different functionalities. And I'm sure that with time and the, the um, addition of new things that pop, in, uh, pop up in the market um, could be added in the Gamify, but Gamify's got, some of the best tech that's out there, you know, they've got a chain agnostic wallet system, which will show your NFTs across multiple chains, EVM chains, BSC, Polygon, Avalanche, etc., Ethereum. Um, when you connect your wallet, they'll be able to populate the NFTs. Um, that's still under development. It's it's ready, but there's stages of development that have to go through first. You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to I don't want to say too much about what Laura's uh, on the team actually going to launch. Mm-hmm. Because you know how the crypto industry is. Someone hears something, they're like, I'm going to WordPress site that and I'm going to launch it. So we don't, um, yeah, I'm not going to say too much, but Gamify has a lot, um, lot you know, come in this year. You mean? But good yeah. things take time. If you rush something, it could it could drastically you know, drop. But um, Laura's got a strong head and she's one of the best CEOs I've ever worked with, worked for. And um, I'm sure if anyone could do it, she could. Yeah, I've got full confidence in her as well. And, yeah. and I've experienced that the the need for having that kind of chain agnostic and the ability to kind of have your, your NFT represented on multiple networks because, you know, I, I yeah. created the... And, and thank you again to Gamify for sponsoring the Innovate Gaming and Esports book. I created some NFTs and, and sent some of them to the, the Gamify team. I had yeah. some sent to me and, and I sent the wrong wallet address um, or the, the right wallet address for the wrong network. So I'm still trying to figure out where the actual NFTs got sent to because I actually can't find them. Depends on your contract was made. There's a possibility you can lock them to the wallets they've been sent so they can't be spent and you could reissue them again. 
It depends how your, your how your NFTs were minted or created. It depends if it's upgradable feature, if you have a blacklist feature or something in there. Anything. It's a, it's a smart contract at the end of the day. You know? mm-hmm. um, but yeah, we, we can have a look after the call and see if I can help you out. Um, but yeah, um, I heard your book is doing well, and the NFT bit with it is good. So you should have done a product hunt in that as well. So they could have won a Bitcoin if they found the phrase. I think Kia. Finno Bates done something like that about a year ago as well. So I'll keep that in mind. Maybe there's still an opportunity. We haven't officially launched all of them yet. We're just trying to get like the, the first couple sent out to make sure that everything's working properly. Yeah. But, yeah. but again, what we're doing is is they're interactive. Uh, so kind of taking a, a similar page in the direction of what we're doing on the Gamify side. But yeah. they also unlock additional content. Um, you know, our hope is that we'll have tournaments later this year that the only way you can get into the tournament is by having the NFT. Or, or if there are events, that's, you can get into the NFT. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's you know that's why NFT should be used for. They should be used for things like these, not just just JPEGs. You know, they, you know, there's obviously you know value to those as well, but it's a technology that can be used like a token, and there's a limited amount and things like that. So, and then it's up to people what they value them. You know, mm-hmm. I won't personally pay two million dollars for a picture of a monkey, but some people will. No, seriously, do you mean I would rather buy a house where I can live in for the next 30 years and enjoy and things like that and keep the remainder of what I've not spent in my bank so I can enjoy. So, but that's just me. But yeah, the, the, the thing about Gamify is obviously, you know, when I, I, I work in the investments area as well, I work with a lot of companies raising investments, seed and private rounds, and then now Gamify public. And a lot of people are saying they're multi chain. Now, what I'm seeing a lot of people say when they're multi-chain is they've created a token on BSC or Ethereum, and then they're minting their NFTs on Polygon or BSC to make it cheaper. That's not multi-chain. Multi-chain is interoperable, which means your contracts can move or it can be freely used across multiple chains. And that's the chain agnostic and the multi-chain side that you know, gamify and implement. So there's a big difference there. So people should have a look at that. You know, I obviously one of the companies I work with, not to give them a pun, is um Polka Cypher last year, Polka Cypher actually have the, the world's first NFT cross-chain bridge, but now they've implemented 10 EVM chains. And that's all they're doing. They're waiting for the right time to push it out. The market's tanked, so not, not the time to do the marketing now. Mm-hmm. But as soon as it does, it's gonna it's gonna rock. And then there's another another one called Wormhole Labs, which have been the EVM to Solana chain, which is good. I'll be looking to implement that. Um so yeah, there's there's a lot out there, but I think you know, even you know, there's a possibility that maybe one day in the next few months or year, Solana could be an addition into the Gamify ecosystem as well. So we'll see. Yeah, that's awesome. And Wormhole Lab CEO Phil Ransom was uh, a guest on the podcast five episodes ago. So really excited yeah, yeah. about what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. But really it's, it's, not, it's, not e- it's not easy when you've got bridges, a lot of security mm-hmm. issues behind it, you know. And every time there's a roll up or there's something else, you know, tech, I think it's called Tickle or Tickle, is a is a cross-chain bridge. And I think they had sort of like a hack the other day, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and what we're finding now is a lot of people are going, oh, we're making a, a parachain network and we're going on Polkadot and we're doing this for the cross-chain ecosystem. But you can actually do it through EVM-compatible bridges because they more or less use the same language. language. Um, mm-hmm. And you can run things like zero-knowledge proofs and zero-knowledge roll-ups and things like Polygon have done with Optimism and you know, stark technologies and stuff, you know, so I'm not going off on a tangent again. So. You, you definitely need to start a, a content series on LinkedIn. 
<laughs> I've got time. I, I don't have time. I don't like videos. I don't like photographs. I don't like podcasts. I've been on a few, as you know. I used to do speaking in conferences. A lot of people used to ask me through 2017, 18, 19, 20 to go to these conferences and speak. Just not for me. Like, do you know I mean, I just don't like doing it. I don't like blowing my own trumpet. Mm-hmm. I'd rather stay in the background. And if something works and I earn a bit of money to make my life a bit better, then happy days. That's it, really. Yeah. We've got Ramon who's joined us on the stage. Uh, for those of you on LinkedIn, you're not, since you're not in the Discord, you won't be able to hear his question most likely. But what I'll do is after he asks his question, I'll repeat it and then Timothy will answer it. Okay. What's he asking? I can hear you. I can hear you. And let me re- re- ask the question before you answer it, Tim. And I no, I, 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 understand, I understand what he said, and it's up to you. You do what you want with your money. Just be cautious and be careful, you know what I mean, and have a look, really due diligence into the, into the project and see how long it lasts. But they've got so much media attention, you know, when they've done a partnership, you know, basically done a partnership with uh, Adidas, yeah? And, um, yeah, do, do as you wish, you know, do as you wish. What you could do is... Really quick, for, for those who were joining on LinkedIn who didn't hear the question, mm-hmm. Varun asked, uh, is it a good investment to get something like a board eight yacht club or, or NFTs. If it, even at a higher price point in six or seven figures, if it gets you access to uh, exclusive information, that's not available to the public. So Tim, go ahead with your answer. Um, yeah, sorry. I was having loads of messages coming through on telegram because a lot of people are watching, you know, um, yeah, it's up to you where you spend your money on buddy. You could, instead of spending 2 million on a board eight yacht club, NFT, you could set up your own fund with a couple of other people. You could then invest in seed in a project, and then you could be part of the circle of the other funds like we are, which are billion-dollar funds, and then you sort of get in first before the secondary market. So instead of buying the NFT at $2 million, you buy it at $10, and then when it becomes $2 million, you flip it and make the rest of the money. So it's up to you. Arun, did you have any other questions? Okay. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, it, it, a lot of people are trying to figure out where to get in on the NFT crypto side, and and you know, Basie does have all of the the media attention right now. You know, Eminem's yeah. in it, Serena Williams is in it, or sorry, Eminem's in it, Serena Williams is, is not in it. Actually, I think she recently got one. Serena is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you know, all the Paris, Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton's mm-hmm. in it. Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Punk. Yeah, sorry, yeah, she's a crypto punk. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to spend your money. Yeah, it, it just so much of it. I wonder what that's going to be worth as more of these come to the market. Right, we were talking that before. Like once there's saturation, uh, certainly there's value in the community, but like where is the, the value in the, the token or not token, but but in the NFT? Just like with NBA Top Shot, there are a lot of those cards. Mm. Uh, NBA Top Shot, a lot of people are getting those cars that got in early, and I saw several of those basically tank. I'll have to, actually, after this, I'll, I'll jump on and have a look what mine's worth, if it's worth anything. If it is, happy days. If not, I'll, I probably wouldn't sell it. I genuinely have the original Peps, Peps Dap, mm-hmm. NFTs, NFTs on the original Trust Wallet on a laptop I got in the cupboard. 
I believe, though, because they're not 71 and 1155 compatible, they actually got wrapped in a new contract. However, I think I own the original PEPs. I may also own a number of CryptoKitties that I think I bought when I was on one of the NFT marketplaces that was on Trust Wallet before Binance bought them up because I was quite close with the owner and creator of Trust Wallet you know, at the time. So I'll have to dig it up and see. Could be worth something. <laughs> Never yeah. know. Yeah. Hey, you, for, for people who are, who are joining uh, now in the you know, either Discord or LinkedIn, mm-hmm. can you talk about the importance of why you have your laptop potentially, I hope, not connected to the internet or, or the, the importance of cold storage? To keep it offline so you can't get hacked. It's the same as anything on your laptop. I mean, if they don't know this themselves, don't be in the crypto industry. Do your own due diligence. I'm not going to research it for you. No, I'm joking. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, you know, use a ledger. That's it. Yeah, I, I've heard of people even last week, uh, you know, who there are scams out there. We see them all the time. We're, we're watching for them in the Gamify, both the Discord and the Telegram. It's just yeah. like there's a secondary market. It's not even like like passive. Like people are actively colluding to like every time there's a new project, do everything they can to scam anybody who's attached to it. That's the problem with being an anonymous JPEG. Um, and that's why platforms like LinkedIn don't want you to have an anonymous JPEG as your profile image. Mm-hmm. And even if your image is a, an image of a real person, if it looks deceptive, they will still tell you about your image quality. They do check the quality and they can check the metadata as well, which is something that NFTs are fixed on. So, um, yeah, you know, if, if people want to go down that anarchy style um, way of the metaverse and Web3 and all this nonsense, that's what's going to happen. Continuous scams. However, with this technology, we can actually reverse it and prevent the scams with public ledgers and open blockchains, etc. You can actually track these uh, transactions. You can track it. So if something gets hacked, you know, the big exchanges try and stop the wallet and try and find out where they've tried to exit. It's the same thing with NFTs and everything. Uh, but if we're talking about scams, look what happened with Pudgy Penguins with Core. They made NFTs. They got advertised left, right, and center by the big media because the big media don't really understand what they're doing, but they're trying to get, obviously, bigger ratings than Joe Rogan. And, um, yeah, you know, look what happened with Pudgy Penguins. And, and then people were trying to take over Pudgy Penguins, and I think they were trying to rewrap them in a new contract, etc. But you know, they went quite big. It won't happen with Basie or Punks because... They're the originals, and Basie's obviously got the media, and the team are working closely with that of Adidas, etc. You know, and they're quite public. But you know, there's, there's, you've got to be careful with these NFT projects, especially in Discord. Discord without NFTs was scammy. Now with NFTs, <laughs> it's even worse. That's why I don't use Discord. I, had, I think I created a new account for this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's it, really. I log into Discord, my old account, and it's full of messages coming through to me, asking me to invest and buy Bitcoin and all this stuff. But, yeah. You're, you're right. I'm person to try and scam with Bitcoin. I've been in it for quite a while. You know? <laughs> so I have, I have to go back and clean up my Discord. I, I think I joined like one or two groups and then, you know, people are just using bots to just scan those things and send an invitation. So like I have to scroll in order to get into this room. Like I had to scroll through all the other stuff and find it. Yeah. Well, Laura's just publicly told me she's got 17 crypto kitties. So when I find out that wallet address, <laughs> I'm only joking. But um, yeah, Laura, uh, a crypto kitty is a bonus for Christmas. It'd be nice. Yeah, people are doing that now, giving NFTs as gifts instead of like gift cards. 
but you can. So I was actually having a conversation with one of my mates, and because we're building this virtual land, virtual world. Um, she's sending you one. It's all right. I can, I can use a little one in the background. Um, kids, eh? Um, we're building this virtual world. We've been working on it five or six months now. And in a couple of... Um, there you are. Don't worry. It's kids. It's just working from home. My dog's going to bark at any moment. Um, yeah, I'm going off on one now, mate. But yeah, let's reset. About the virtual worlds. Yeah. Uh, so when you when you do your own research and you were just talking about how important that is, can you share some tips for people, uh, again, who are just now entering this space? Like, what does do your own research mean to you? You've got that feeling, haven't you? I mean, you've learned from it. But even now, sometimes you can get scammed and taken for it. So, you know, whether it's an investment in a seed round or a private round and or a public round, then all, all, all of a sudden it's a rug pull. Do you mean so? You just got to go with your feeling and you take the risk if it's a... It's still the Wild West, you know, high risk, high reward. If, if you don't mind, can you share a time where not necessarily you've been rug pulled, but like an, an accident as you're trying to understand the crypto space, like using the wrong wallet address or something like that? Just so people I understand. Sent, like, yeah, I've, I've, sent 12, I've sent 12 ETH to the wrong address by putting the wrong digit at the end. Um, I've lost wallets. I don't even know how much were in there. Some of them at the time. You know, on the boon. <laughs> yeah, I've made loads of mistakes in crypto and I've sort of always been, you know, double check everything. You know, measure twice, cut once. But you know, you just you, you gotta go with the feeling, mate. You take the risk yourself and it's up to the individual person if they get in this industry to do their own research and not listen to anyone else. You know, it's good listening to the news like, but you know, if you don't read the news you're uninformed and if you read the news you're misled. So you know, do your own due diligence. Where do you go for sources of information to like keep up to date what's happening in the space? Hmm. I just get into convos. I'm in a lot of groups, a lot of investment groups, like guys that are pre-seed and, and things like that. So I sort of hear a lot of things going on in the background, you know. And um, I do listen to a lot of the the top industry leaders, not the you know, not sort of like the LinkedIn NFT folk or you know, anything like that. But I go on to you know, YouTube and look at the people that are working at Ledger, working at Stark Technologies, you know, the people that have been in it from the beginning are working on the corporate level, blockchain industry stuff. Um, and not the people that are working in Discord selling NFTs. Yeah. What's your take on the trend of esports teams picking up crypto sponsors most recently? Um, the one that David Beckham's behind just, just got a partnership. Um, and, and all the, the tier one teams are doing that now. What's, what was the Beckham one called? G1? I, no, what was it called? Uh, I can't think of it now. I was just I'm sure that it. team, wasn't that team the one that faked their profits or their revenue to overprice their product? So when David Beckham invested, they weren't actually worth that money. I can't remember Guild. something. Thank like you, that. Sam. Guild. Guild Esports. I don't know. It could be. I can't remember. But um, a lot of esports. I know I speak to a couple of based in Singapore, Emerge Esports. They're looking for sponsors. Um, and I think Laura, I'm not going to, you know, I think Laura's looking to sponsor an esports team. Um, that'd be quite good having a crypto gamified and gamification platform, having an esports team, sponsoring a pro esports team. I did try because I had an energy drinks company um, and I tried sponsoring esports teams, but I, I just felt the, the, the amount of money they're asking for as well over. You know, expected. Do you mean it was just too much? Um, yeah, 
do you feel like esports teams in your experience kind of deliver the return on investment for no. especially at those price points? No, 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 nowhere near. No, no. They go off like Twitter stats and things and I could call up my mate that could send a bot army of Twitter to pump them stats up now. Do you mean? Yeah. Shouldn't go off them at all. They, you want to see if they've been sponsored before, what was the return? And you can't really track it, man. You can't. Clicks on a website they've gone through, but yeah, it's all overpriced by far. I think one esports team was asking me for 500 grand a year for an engineering company that barely made 100 grand itself. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? But um, I think the YouTubers, the YouTubers, like Fresh and things, Ninja, Doctor Disrespect, and all those, they have you know, the ability to bring in money. And that's why they are sponsored by G Fuel, Game of Fuel, you know, mm-hmm. and things like that. But I think you know, the the no, yeah. So if if you're a crypto uh, company looking to get into the space and access gamers, and I agree with Tim, you're probably better off working with mm-hmm. an influencer than a team. I think influencers are, have more responsibility to their brands. Yeah, where yeah. I have not seen that from basically any esports team. Laura, yeah, but like, there are there are. You know, as Laura, Laura said, we have been speaking about an esports team, but actually being realistic with the esports team and saying, okay, this is what we can offer you. If you need this sort of money, can we support you in the full amount? I mean, things like that. If you need a new kit and it costs you, I don't know, 10,000 a year, we can do that side, you know? But if you're asking for a million, million, so you can have a, a YouTube house and things like that, it's unrealistic. No, it's true. We've got, we got to take it back a level and have a real chat about it. Same as we do when we have investors come in for seed and private rounds and things, you know? Let's take it back and, you know, what's the return on investment of this for us? Do you mean? So, yeah. We've got just about five minutes left in the episode. Uh, thank you, everyone, again, joining us uh, here in Discord and also on LinkedIn. If you have any other questions for Tim, now's a great time to ask those. Um, just on the the uh, housekeeping items, again, this is powered by Gamify. Gamify's got some NFTs they're going to be announcing very shortly. Unless it already happens. Access, NFT, access NFTs. Definitely keep an eye on what, you know. Definitely keep an eye out on Gamify and what they're bringing. If you're an indie game studio or you're looking to launch a project with gamification tools and everything inside, um, you know, come and tap us up and have a chat with Laura and the team. And we, we are excluding some countries just so everyone's on the same page. Uh, that's not going to be including anything from the U.S. or Canada, uh, Iraq, Iran, and Myanmar. Am I pronouncing that properly? Yeah. Yeah, which was the same for the Gleam competition for those of you who participated in it. Uh, unfortunately, if you were from those groups, you couldn't be a part of that as well. And I'll be patiently waiting for the SEC to get their, their act together. So I'd love to see like the U.S. be a part of the future of digital economy. Yeah, me too. That would be good. When I, I think in 2017, 2018, that's all we were talking about is how the U.S. regulators were holding everything back. But mm-hmm. I see that I see their point in some ways because Elon Musk can send a tweet about Dogecoin and send it 2,000% up or 2,000% down. So they are just protecting the, the ordinary people that sort of aren't you know, level-headed towards the technology side of crypto. Yeah. Yeah, we're seeing they've made some moves on the equity investing side, kind of shifting away from. Sorry, my daughter's having. It's all right. No problem at all. No problem. No, equity crowdfunding has made investing more accessible to the average person. You know, you got platforms yeah. like 
almost like Kickstarter. It's uh, seed invest or start engine, seed invest, uh, we fund or things of that nature. So I I hope that they'll leverage that as kind of a reference point to make something very similar for the crypto side because we're missing out. Like companies are leaving the U.S. to go launch in other countries in order to be a part of this ecosystem. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people that have come left the U.S. just to get involved in this industry, you know? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, we're we're quite lucky that some areas, you know, are, are working towards this larger adoption. Well, anyway, th- thank you for your time. I know you've got a lot of stuff going on. It's late your time. What about five, six o'clock? Uh, yeah, the I work now till about 12 p.m. So well, in, in, any, in any case, thank you for being generous with your time. Before we go, can you let people know where they can contact you if they want to do business with you? You know, wh- where can they find Tim? Um, uh, well, I'm on not, not on Discord. <laughs> yeah, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on LinkedIn and uh, Telegram and, and things like that. But if it's anything to do with Gamify, reach out to Laura, um, Laura Walsh, and um, reach out to the Gamify, Gamify.gg, um, not Gamify, Gamify is in gamification. Um, and then yeah, see how Laura and the team can help you out. If there's anything you know that you've got that's exciting and good towards gamers and incentification and things like that, get involved. Excellent. Well, thank you everyone for joining us in Discord and on LinkedIn. Uh, We appreciate your time. We've got more great content coming up next week. And again, Tim, thank you for your time. No worries at all. Have a good evening. All right, you too. Ta-ra, buddy. Bye-bye. Cheers.